Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It is 135 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you, Oilers Now, 1235 Pacific, the Edmonton Oilers and the San Jose Sharks. We do want to mention to you Royal Pizza, Pizza Past, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for 49 years. At Royal Pizza, the Stoffer recommendation is the Mediterranean chicken. For menu and locations, visit royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Pleased to be joined on the line by a man who's worked uh, for the Sharks organization, then the Sharks broadcast team, and now is part of Sportsnet's uh, broadcast coverage uh, as an analyst. We welcome back to the show, Drew Remenda. Hello, Drew. Happy New Year. How are you doing? I'm good, Robert. How are you? That's the important thing. Have you talked about it? Have uh, you got it out of your system? What's that? You know the, the loss last night? Yeah, yeah. For your other alma mater. To be honest with you, I was more upset Sunday, uh, Saturday night in the game in Los Angeles oh, than I was yesterday. Well, like, well, of course. Uh, you know, good point. Good point by you. Very good. See, balance is you know what? the key. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, you gotta you got to admire at times what others do. And uh, I, I didn't see and, – and I'll, I'll pose this question differently to you uh, because, you you know, I, I, I threw this out there and people can text in on our Heartland Ford text line and they, the show's moved around a bit. But that loss for the Alabama fans last night, I mean, people certainly knew Clemson's good and they could win the game. I don't think there's any – but nobody saw Alabama get beat by four touchdowns. Nick Saban, as head coach at Alabama, has – I mean, both programs the last two years – or last four years – are 55 and 4 and they've won two of the four national championships. So, you know, they've each won two of the four. So, they're the two the thing is before the game last night, I thought there was Alabama and everybody else. Yeah. Now it's clear there's Alabama and Clemson and again, the records speak for themselves, 55 and 4, each have won two of the four national titles. That said, the loss was shocking to the Bama fans because they've never seen a Nick Saban coach team lose in that fashion. Alabama hadn't lost that bad since Nick was coaching LSU. So I asked the listeners, I said, let's translate that to Oilers. What was the most shocking loss for you? And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spin this back on you because you've had a couple different experiences. Yes. I'm going to ask you what it was like working on the Sharks broadcast and seeing the team blow that 3 nothing lead against the L.A. Kings in that series. Because that must have been, was that the hardest loss that you experienced uh, during your time in the Sharks organization? Yes. Yeah, that was because that was a team that got out to a 3 nothing lead and looked in total command of that series. Just absolutely dominated L.A. for the first three games. And then Drew Doughty, I'll never forget it, as long as I am on this earth, Going into game four in Los Angeles, Drew Doughty said to me, we were just, you know, you get that time, you get in the dressing room, and he said, I said, how are you doing? Because I had known him from Jared Stoll's golf tournaments and things like that, so I was able to just kind of go up and talk to him, and he said, I said, he said I'm great, great, really up, can't wait for tonight. And I went, really? He went, we're winning this game. He said, there's no doubt in my mind we're winning this game. We're going to win this game, and I guarantee you, after we win this game, we're not going to stop. And I looked at him and went, what are you talking about, dude? I mean, you've been... It's, it's been the Shark series. He goes, I'm telling you. He said, I've never felt this way before, ever. He, I said, okay. 
and they won that game, and they didn't look back. And after game five, he said in, into the press, you looked in their eyes. He said, I looked in Joe Thornton's eyes, and he said, I can see it. They're scared now. And he was right again. And, and that, was, that was the most devastating loss I'd ever seen. And you could just see it, just almost like Alabama, as, the, as Alabama just kept shrinking yesterday. As everything, nothing went right for them. Everything was going right for Clemson. Yep. Same thing was happening. Everything was going right for L.A. They were getting the calls. Or it just You could just see it. And you, I, I did the, the games for NBC then between the benches. And, boy, that's, that's so eye-opening when you're sitting there and you're looking at both teams. You could see a team that was up and you could see a team that was treading water. But, yeah, without a doubt, right. that was it. So why haven't the Sharks? I mean, the next, the next year, right. first year, Todd, you know, that, so that was the, the 14-year and the, the Kings won the Cup. Uh, my, my daughter bet all the boys in her school. She didn't understand. You, you, no, no, honey, you, you don't just pick one team. Like, you've got to have some odds here. And she took the Kings straight up, and they were all chirping her when it was 3 nothing, uh San Jose, and then L.A. came back and won the Cup. And, uh, boy, they didn't have much to say after that. But... <laughs> Why has so you know they they don't make the playoffs in fourteen fifteen Todd McClellan's last year in San Jose they make the coaching change they get to the final in sixteen I mean I didn't think they were the, I thought Pittsburgh was the better team but why hasn't San Jose won a Stanley Cup yet I don't know I don't know if you're asking the right guy I would say I would maybe quote what Ron Wilson said when when they lost to Edmonton in '06. And what John Cooper said to us the other day when Tampa was in town uh, playing the Oilers, it's hard to win in the National Hockey League. People don't understand how hard it is. And I can tell you from a, a coaching point of view, at least when I was assistant coach with the Sharks when we first started, it's easy to lose. It really is. Your guys go out and they try, and they, they give it what they got, but when they're not good enough in, in every facet of the game as compared to the opposition, it's easy to lose because you just got to go out and try. And then it's hard to win. And, and with the Sharks, when I was with them, you, you jump to a 58-point improvement in the next year, and you, you've got a bunch of veterans, and they go out and you know make history again, and, and you know beat Detroit and almost beat Toronto. And, and that was a t- tough team to coach. That was a hard. That was a hard year. So I look at maybe the San Jose Sharks, and I could point to different positions here and there. I could say on a few years it was depth, on a few years it was goaltending, uh, on other years it was the defense weren't good enough or the special teams weren't good enough. I can, I guess from a, I hope it's not a cop-out, but a generality is just, it's just really hard to win if you don't have all the pieces. But they're about as, as close as you can come over the now number of years to being a team that at least is always in the playoffs and always trying to contend for a cup. Well, and people should remember Ron Wilson, you know, was fired after winning 50 games as head coach of the San Jose Sharks, yeah. and then Todd McClellan went in there and won 50 games in two of the first three years in San Jose. Drew Remenda joins us right now. Drew, um, let's fast forward to the Oilers to okay. 16-17 to blowing the three nothing lead against the Anaheim Ducks in the final five minutes, a game in which Secker got hurt. You and me spoke the next morning, and you know my memory. Yeah. I would remember that. Yes, and we spoke before we flew out that day. And uh, I remember neither of us had any concerns about Game 6. We are like, they're going to be cheesed off. They're going to be ready to go. And they were. They absolutely crushed Anaheim in Game 6. But I don't know if Edmonton ever got past losing that series in terms of, you know, put it this way. And I certainly thought as the Oilers eliminated San Jose in 2017, I thought the two organizations, the Oilers and the Sharks, were headed in different directions. Yeah. How did San Jose stay? How did San Jose stay as good as they've been? And why haven't the orders been able to get been able to climb back up that mountain? 
Well, it's a little above my pay grade, but I'll venture the guess regarding the Sharks anyway is, number one, that core is pretty special. Peter DeBoer, you know, the Sharks were in last, uh, when they were in Edmonton. Um, we, were, we were talking to Peter DeBoer before the game, and he said regarding his core, from when other guys come in there, he said it's pretty hard to be soft in this dressing room. When you look at the guys, especially Joe Thornton, Joe Pavelski, Logan Couture, Brent Burns, he said it's pretty hard to be soft in that room. So the core is number one. Number two, Doug Wilson, I, I know from, from Doug telling me back way back in the day, is that his um, mandate from ownership, no matter which ownership it was, was you always have to be competitive. But you're in the Bay Area right now, Bob. There's there's hockey to talk about. There's basketball. The Warriors. There's there's um, in the in the off season. There's baseball and football, NFL, NBA, and Major League Baseball, college. There's a lot of things going on and a lot of competition for your sports dollar, entertainment dollar. So ownership has always said you got to have a competitive team, and Doug has done a lot to to do that. So the core is number one. Number two. They haven't drafted like their their first round draft choices or their top their high end draft choices aren't that great, aren't like they haven't really panned out to be superstars. Although you know there's a couple of arguments there in, in Couture and Hurdle, but you, you look at their later round draft choices and they've done a phenomenal job there. And if you look at overall what Tim Burke and Doug Wilson have done with their with their scouting job, I, I think when you you look at all the selections in the lower draft places. Fifth in games played, fifth in goals, eighth in assists, and seventh in points as compared to um, all the other teams. And it's so they've done a really good job lower draft picks, and they've signed some really smart free agents. No big splashes, really, but Sorensen's a, you know a heck of a player. When you look at Donskoy, you look at Tim Heaton, you say Malcolm Carlson. Those guys have been pretty darn good players for them. Nothing wonderful, and Aaron Dell's another one as far as like huge free agent guys, but really smart choices. Regarding the Oilers, geez, we've gone through those those picks that you know some that we thought would pan out, some that we haven't that didn't think we'd pan out. But I think the the big thing when when you look at what happened with the Oilers is that um, the, the the transition made it didn't trans, translate into the into what Peter and and the scouting staff and the management hoped that they would with the Oilers when they moved out some guys. Um, the guys that came back in just didn't give enough pop, and I don't I don't fault anybody for that. Everybody's got <clears throat> talking to Dean Lombardi. You know, last year he was, we were talking about you know hits and misses. He goes, everybody's got them, man. Sometimes they pile up on your your side. Sometimes they don't. It's just the nature of the business. There are some that have, and others that haven't. I I know that's a big generality, but when you look at the way the orders have gone, um, it's it's the team unfortunately got slower when the league really got faster. Like it's amazing right. how quick it's amazing how quick the, the, the game is now. And if you weren't a little bit of ahead of that curve, you could fall behind it quite quickly and you can see it. So that's one of the reasons why. And I think the other reason why, and, and you've talked about it a few times, is um, I think, and I think the Oilers are grasping this now uh, in, in a good way, is that developing your guys is really, really important. That's why Jay Woodcroft and Dave Manson are down uh, on the farm in Bakersfield and, and developing those guys and giving them as many games as possible uh, and then picking them when they're ripe to come to the NHL is, is something I think you'll see moving forward because, because Jay being there and, and the Oilers putting a bigger emphasis on having to develop players. Well, uh, next season... Yeah, well, next season, uh, as we're joined by Drew Remenda from NHL Hockey and Rogers, I mean, they could have uh, Marodi, who Shirley acquired yep. from Philadelphia, uh, Habig, who is a free agent signing, Tyler Benson, a second-round pick, Maximoff, 
and uh, Safin. Safin's been injured virtually all this year. Maximov's having a really good year. He had a poor training camp. And then Ryan McLeod, who just got traded uh, to Saginaw in the OHL, who had a real good camp. They could have those six forwards down there. Uh, you know, Baron Lagason would be down there. I don't see Jones going back anytime soon. No, he, uh, he and by the way, um, for people who don't don't know, like it, Jones is getting a lot of good publicity from people, you know, outside the Oilers organization, watching him. And like, like Colby Armstrong said yesterday on um, Hockey Central News, boy, the more I watch Caleb Jones, the more I like him. So there's some there's yeah, I mean, some if he's, there's some great spots there. If he's right, if he's in your third pairing next year, assuming that the Oilers go Kleppbaum, Larson, uh, Nurse, and uh, Nurse and Russell, and that's uh, that's a good place. But I mean, I, I just six forwards that are Oilers prospects, and then you look at on defense, you got Lagason and Bear. Uh, and, and then you're going to be adding, you know, Sam Rukoff will be there next year at a good World Juniors because I've got Bouchard on the Oilers team next year. Yeah. Uh, you know, captain of the London Knights, and he's he's going to be uh, 20 uh, in the fall next year. Uh, but Sam Rukoff will be there. They'll be adding Joel Person now maybe at the end of this year. Like there is, in fairness to Shirelli, for all the criticism that's been drilled his way, and a lot of it, you know, is is understandable that the well, fans have he's, the he's, 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 he's admitted that he's admitted the fact that that he's not um, washing his hands of uh, and absolving himself of the situation the Oilers are in. He, he said that after they right. fired Todd. Right. So you know, uh, the, the fact is they do actually have some some depth coming. I don't know if that's going to be enough to appease the fans if the team doesn't make the playoffs. Let's, let's put it that way. I think that there's he's he's got he's got the bullseye circled on him in this marketplace right now, Drew. Yeah, well, people are after him without a doubt. And I think um, it was interesting. Brian Burke said it the other day on, on Hockey Night in Canada on uh, To the Point. He said, no GM that, that's worth his salt ever just makes moves and, and does things just to keep his job. They just right. and, and you and I know that. I mean, they don't. I mean, you, what you do is you try to make uh, moves that, that will keep your hockey team near it, near, near getting the playoffs or getting into the playoffs or being there. And most general managers will tell you their job's not done until the trade deadline as far as that current team that you're watching. But if, if you can take an example of, of any other teams, that you talk about depth, and that's, that's the most important thing. That's what we're looking for with the Oilers, right? I mean, you're looking for you, you depend on Connor, you depend on Leon, and you depend on, on Ryan Nugent Hopkins as far as forwards up front. I guess Alex Chason now you can put a depend on there. And a couple other guys in their, in their roles are playing well. But other than that, you, you can't have such a big drop-off, say, from the first line to the third line. You, you need those third and fourth line guys, and Ken Hitchcock has been talking about that. He's talking about that you need more from the bottom part of your team. I don't say that to be derogatory. Those are Ken's words. But you have to have that depth, and you don't have a drop-off, so your guys can at least keep you in the hunt, keep the energy going on your team, keep keep whatever uh, momentum is being built in the game or arrest it back to your side. So you, the depth thing is they may not be big splashes. They may not be these big stars that you're looking for, but, boy, if you can get some solid bottom six NHLers that can definitely be impact players and impact is a, it's a big it's a little word but it means big things you're going to be a team that can move forward and even when you look at the other situation as up and down as it's been this year Bob they get on a three game winning streak then they're right back in it they're right they're, they're in a playoff spot well a wild card spot because right yeah, yeah, wild card spot right They've, the top, I mean, it's hard to believe that, uh, you know, 10, 10 games ago for Edmonton, the uh, or 11 games ago for the Edmonton Oilers, they were four points behind Calgary in the standings. Right. right now, Calgary 
Calgary, Vegas, and San Jose have got uh, three of the top six spots. Drew, great, uh, great hooking up. Uh, we'll see you on Thursday. Thanks yes, for your sir. time, okay? Okay, buddy. Talk to you then. That's true. Yep. You bet. 150 at Edmonton. That's Drew Amanda from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Back with NHL today for our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing when we return. Hi, this is Ryan and Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. 153 in Edmonton. Let's go to NHL today. It's brought to you by Elite Promotional Marketing. More than just sportswear. Here is Brendan Escott. Thanks, Bob. 11 games in all in the NHL tonight. Other Canadian action has Winnipeg. Excuse me, Winnipeg hosting Colorado. Montreal is visiting Detroit. The Sabres are in action against New Jersey and will be doing so without captain uh, Jack Eichel. He is still out nursing an upper body injury. Uh, Speaking of the Canadians, Captain Shea Weber left last night's game against the Minnesota Wild after taking a puck to the face. He did travel with the team to Detroit and uh, head coach Claude Julien does expect him to be ready to play. Though I'm not sure whether that's been officially announced since I uh, typed this all out. Uh, Sticking with the Habs, GM Mark Bergevin also announced yesterday that the team isn't interested in acquiring rental players ahead of the trade deadline and they will not mortgage their future or young stars for this season. He did add he may be open to moving some veterans, so Gallagher perhaps, Oilers fans? David Schlemko, rather. (laughs) I know you say. David Schlemko also, Bob, did clear waivers for the Habs this morning and was assigned to Laval. Uh, Leafs GM Kyle Dubas reported uh, he's in Russia right now, scouting a few players, including uh, Sergei Andronov from the KHL he has 11 points in 38 games. Nick Schmaltz of the Arizona Coyotes. This was released a little bit earlier. Uh, he's out for the rest of the season with a lower body injury. Bakersfield play tomorrow on the road against Texas Stars. Uh, Oil Kings, a rematch with Lethbridge on the road on Friday. U of A Golden Bears gearing up for a road swing against the UBC Thunderbirds this weekend. And finally, the truck driver involved with the Humboldt Broncos bus crash, as you've been hearing all morning, uh, has pleaded guilty to all 29 charges he faced this morning. So there's no trial, just a sentence hearing that begins on January 28th. Bob? Oh, man. Let's go to the Stan Oilers history brought to you by New West Travel, Edmonton's premier travel company for 38 years. Book your winter group vacation package with New West Travel. Receive free parking at the Value Park at the Edmonton International Airport. Go online at newwesttravel.com for all your vacation needs. What do you got for us there, Brendan Escott? On this day, Bob, in 2003, Fernando Pisani makes his NHL debut in a one nothing road win over Anaheim. He played 35 games in his rookie season, registering 13 points. He was actually drafted in the eighth round in 1996 by the Oil. So it took him quite a few years to break into the league, if my uh, information is correct. Terrific guy. Had a, a pretty good NHL career, obviously. Wonderful during the 06 playoffs. Uh, coming up tonight at 6.30, Chad, uh, there will be an hour-long version of Inside Sports. What does Reed Wilkins have? Kelly Rudy is on tonight uh, from NHL Hockey on Rogers, as well as Oklahoma State Cowboys running back and Sherwood Park native Chuba Hubbard talking about his college season and perhaps his future as well. What a story he has been. That is amazing to be playing. Uh, I mean, that's the team that gave uh, Oklahoma everything they, they can handle, and Oklahoma ended up in the Final Four for the NCAA playoff. Oilers and Sharks, the SAP Center, 7 uh, p.m. face-off, 8.30 puck drop. Uh, tomorrow, Oilers now, Brendan Escott will be hosting. I'll have Hockey Night in Canada's Craig Simpson. I'll join you for a hit, Brendan. Uh, the Athletics' Daniel Nugent-Bowman, Oil Kings' GM Kurt Hill, and the host of the WHL radio show, John King, on the WHL trade deadline. Up next, a news, weather, and traffic update with Cassandra Jodwan, followed by the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. Special thank you to all of you who participated via the text number on our Heartland Ford text line. 
with all of uh, your thoughts on uh, the numerous topics we discussed today. Uh, Brennan's got you tomorrow. we got the game tonight. Uh, so long, everybody, for now from San Jose, California. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.